How many of you love that snow? Anybody going snowshoeing today? All right, yeah. Two or three of you. How many of you are moving to St. George tomorrow? All right, yeah, a few of you, okay. All right, more of you. Um, man, it just keeps coming, doesn't it? It is fantastic. I tell you what, though, we totally, like, I love the snow, and I love to be on the snow and having fun, but the cool thing is just, man, when it is blanketed in beautiful snow, like, everything just looks beautiful. It just reminds me of God's mercies every morning, and so, anyways, it's a fantastic morning. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks for being with us here at K2. Hey, we talked about, last week, we started talking about Stoked, this series of, of God actually calling us to Man, to stoke to life this fire of our faith. And this week we're talking about gifts. Have you ever been in that spot in life where ah, you feel like you're not in exactly the right slot? Have you ever been in that situation where you're not, not quite in the right slot? How many of you have ever, ever had a job where you know you can do it, but it's not like it's not the job that fires you up? You ever been in that? Yeah, I've been in those kind of jobs, right? And uh, how many of you have ever been in a job or uh, a place in life where, like, you just know this is what I was meant for, right? This is what I was created for. I love this. It, it's like a vacation going to work and getting to do what you do, right? So here's the thing. We're going to find out that God wants us to, to not only know how he created us and know the gifts that he gave us and how he wants us to use them, but he wants us to understand how to serve with those gifts. And so we're going to talk more and more about stoking that. And to be honest, a great way to say it is that God designed us, he created us, and he wants us to be awesome. So check this out. I think we all need pep talk. The world needs you to stop being boring. Yeah, you. Boring is easy. Everybody can be boring, but you're gooder than that. Life is not a game, people. Life isn't a cereal either. Well, it is a cereal. And if life is a game, aren't we all on the same team? I mean, really, right? I'm on your team. Be on my team. This is life, people. You got air coming through your nose. You got heartbeat. That means it's time to do something. A poem. Two roads diverged in the woods, and I took the road less traveled. And it hurt, man! Really bad. Rocks, thorns, and glass. My pants broke. Wah! Not cool, Robert Frost. But what if there really were two paths? I won't be in the one that leads to awesome. It's like that dude Journey said, don't stop believing, unless you dream stupid. Then you should get a better dream. I think that's how it goes. Get a better dream and keep going. Keep going, keep going, and keep going. Will Michael Jordan have quit? Well, he did quit. So he retired. Yeah, that's right. He retired. But before that, in high school, what if he quit when he didn't make the team? He would have never made Space Jam. And I love Space Jam. What will be your Space Jam? What will you create will make the world awesome? Nothing if you keep sitting there. That's why I'm talking to you today. This is your time. This is my time. It's our time. We can make every day better for each other. But if we're all on the same team, let's start acting like it. We got work to do. We can cry about it or we can dance about it. We were made to be awesome. Let's get out there. 
don't know everything, I'm just a kid. But I do know this. It's everybody's duty to give the world a reason to dance. So get to it. He's got that Bill Cosby dance going, doesn't he? Yeah. You got air in your nose, don't you? Don't be boring, right? You were meant to be boring. And we were meant to be awesome. We could just play that thing over and over. How many of you can watch that again right now? I could watch it all day long. Man, find that online today and watch it. Watch that every day this week, right? Don't throw time away. Don't go through life with a, with a fire that isn't stoked. How many of you guys were here last week, right? You know, we got that big old bellow, you know, and stoking the fire. So many of us, we live through life with wet wood, you know. We got smoke going everywhere and our, our lives aren't stoked. Last week we talked about this verse. In fact, we're just going to jump right into 2 Timothy in chapter 1. This is what Paul, Paul's an older pastor speaking to Timothy, a younger pastor, a younger guy, and he just says this to him. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, talking to Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice as well, and, and I'm persuaded it now lives in you also. And last week what we said is that God calls us to fan our faith into flame. And, and because that's what he says right next is fan the gift into flame. And he says, man, this gift of faith, this faith that you have in Christ, it was fanned into flame. And last week we met uh, Rachel and Jason. Some of you didn't know them before. And wasn't it cool to hear how their faith was fanned into flame here? Some of you grew up in families where, where you heard about Jesus. You heard about the love of God at home and, and you were given that, right? You were given that faith and, and you had to fan that into flame. Some of you are still young and you're in those kind of houses now. And man, my encouragement is fan that into flame and, and you're going to, to have to continue to do that. Others of you didn't grow up in that kind of house and, and faith fanned into flame later for you. Well, Timothy got it from his grandmother and his mother and Paul says, now it's in you. Just like we heard last week about now it's in Jason and Rachel. They've been here for a couple years and just really thrilled with walking with Jesus. And so um, today we're talking about what Paul continues to talk to Timothy. He continues and he says this, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. And we're going to talk about fanning into flame or stoking the fire of our gifts. Stoking the fire so that it's like a white hot useful fire that creates whether you're camping and the warmth and the ambiance that you need or the, the fire that you need to cook, that it is a useful useful, productive fire. And we don't want to live lives of, of being boring. Anybody can do that. Anybody can live lives where they just got tons of stuff on the shelf that they never use. Anybody can do that. And God created you and I, and we're going to talk about the gifts and talents that he's given us in life, and then spiritual gifts that he's given us. To be honest, we could spend an entire series just covering the gifts that he's given us and just pouring deep into those. But, but today we're going to talk about those gifts. So I'm going to pray. And whether you're here for the first time, just checking us out, uh, or maybe you can't, even came kicking and screaming. Somebody said, you're coming to church with me today. No matter how you're here, I'm going to pray that God would speak to us today. Okay? I'm going to pray and we'll get started. God, thank you for your word. And thank you that like snow, 
that just covers everything, that you keep giving. You're this God that gives new mercy every day. You're the God that gives forgiveness even when we don't want it. You hold off and you wait until we're ready and, and then God, you pour your forgiveness on us and God, thank you that you are this giving God. Thanks that you give plenty of snow this year and we're gonna have a great summer. God, we, we thank you that you give and we're gonna find out today that you not only give us faith, but you give us gifts. So God, thank you that you're a giver. And in the same way that, that we have received so greatly, would you teach us something today about how to use our gifts and how to, how to give back into your kingdom? God, that's my prayer. I'm asking your Holy Spirit to show up and teach us because it's through your spirit that we can understand your word. Praying that stuff in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so let's just jump right in because here's, here's at K2, here's what we're about. We're all about Jesus. It's our desire to know him more and that you might know him more as well. That you might know what it's like to be focused on Jesus and tight together as a church and then out there taking the gospel of Christ out there into the community. And so just over and over, we're about Jesus. And so I wanna show you that Jesus himself said, hey, I'm gonna be giving you this spirit and, and I'm, he's gonna bring gifts as well. So uh, when Jesus was here, he, you know, he grew up and he was about 30 years old and he went into ministry and Jesus was God. And yet he, just like the scripture said, he went and got baptized. And he got baptized by John the Baptist down in the river and he came up out and the Holy Spirit visibly descended on him like a dove. And the father spoke, this is my son. And, and he received the spirit. And then the scriptures are clear all the way through that Jesus said, He's walking in the power of the Spirit. He walked and operated in the power of the Holy Spirit who was in him. He did the will of the Father. And even though he was God himself, he, he operated through the Spirit and in the will of the Father. And this is what he says in John 14. In John 14, he's talking to his disciples and he says this, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And that advocate is the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. Okay, Jesus said, listen, when I'm gone, all of you who are believers are going to receive the spirit. Okay, and so Jesus leaves and all of those who believe receive the spirit and, and from then until now when someone becomes a follower of Christ, just like we saw with Rachel and Jason last week, right? The Holy Spirit came to live in them. Okay, in the Old Testament, the, the Spirit's presence was in a building like this. Well, I'm sure it was different than this, but it was like this, right? And um, he said, that's why people came to the temple because God was in the house, right? You go to where God is. Some of us kind of have that lingering thing. We kind of think there's something really fantastic about this building. And it is. We love this. And this is where, you know, God shows up when we're together and it's cool when we're here corporately. But what happens is after, after Jesus, when you believe in him, God comes to live in the house. That's why Paul says you are a temple of God because the Holy Spirit lives in you. So the Holy Spirit lives in you and he does tons of things, right? Tons of things that we're not going to go into all of them. But today we're going to talk about the fact that when he comes, he comes and brings gifts. This is what Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 12, in verse 7. Here's what he says. He just says that, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, go down to the bottom. In 7, he just says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means for helping the entire church. All right? So um, each one of us who becomes a believer has a spiritual gift. So the point is, is that you and I have a gift. Okay? 
a special gift from God designed by him for you and I that we would serve the entire church or the NIV calls it the common good. You and I have a gift. If you were here last week, how many of you were here last week? Um, if you weren't here, man, I, I, don't, I don't always tell you every week that you should watch the sermon from the week before like you always should and I, I'm always thrilled about that. But last week was a super cool, um, just a cool story of God working in a family's life right? And it started with a girl from here just talking about Jesus and, and finally nagging that person until they came and found out, man, God is different than I ever thought. And a two-year journey of, of coming to discover him and putting steps of faith into him. And so you should really watch this. But, but one of the things that Rachel said is, she said, I just kind of thought you guys had it covered. And I, I didn't really think that I had anything to bring. I didn't really think that I could have a gift to bring and to serve. And, and the truth is, is that you have a gift, that I have a gift. So let's talk a little bit about those gifts because um, your gift is for the common good. Actually, let's, um, let's do an illustration. Uh, I have this perfect illustration for really how this rolls out in the body. Um, we're going we're gonna to actually sing a song together. We're going to actually worship together. I think it just fits perfect. So why don't you stand with me and, um, and we're going to worship. And... Uh, yeah, we're going to get started here in worship. And this song, I think, really articulates this well. You guys ready? Okay, you know what? Just chime in right whenever you're ready. Does anybody know what song this is? Oh, come on. It's obvious, isn't it? All right, well, let's bring in a little drums. Isn't worship fantastic? Isn't it fun to be here? All right, how about a little guitar? You got it yet? See, somehow without all the gifts, it's just not quite complete, is it? All right, let's bring it. Let's, let's go for it.
All right, all right, all right. Thank you, guys. Uh, have a seat. The truth is, it takes all the gifts, right, to put that together, right? Uh, but too often we think, oh, man, I don't have a gift to bring to that. I, but we think, really, it's just a couple of gifts that are important and the rest, you know, I'm not really important. I, I can't fit into that. And sure, you and I might not fit into that exact scenario, right? I've tried to buy time on the microphone singing and they won't let me, right? Like it. <laughs> Um, some of you are like that, right? That's not your gift. And, uh, but here's the thing is we all have a gift. And too often we believe the lie, ah, I don't really have anything to bring. They don't want me. They don't, I can't serve there. I can't lead there. I can't. And, and the truth is, is that God handpicked for you a gift. Actually says that the Spirit gives us gifts, each one different. And some of us more than one, some of us predominantly one. And he gives us gifts to use in the body. That's the second thing, is that your gift is for the common good. Your gift is, like see, Jim is amazing up here on his own, on the base, right? He's, he's getting it, right? But, but on his own, is his gift really all that beneficial to the whole body? No, you, see like when my gift gets used with your gift and your gift, like it, it all ends up to build up the body in the way it's supposed to be. Our gifts are designed to build up the body. Um, the third thing is that, and this is where we're going to spend really all of our time today, is that your gift is designed to be stoked. Okay? Your gift needs to be stoked. This is what Paul said to Timothy back in, in uh, 2 Timothy 1. He said this. He said, For this re reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying on of hands, okay? Um, he said, I want to remind you to fan your gift into flame. We're going to talk today, first of all, about the, the gifts and, um, and how they're used and then how to fan them into flame. First of all, we have talents, right? Um, we're born with talents. Some of us are born with um, musical talent. You've just, like, you've been a singer from the time you were young. Didn't matter. After your voice changed, as you got older, you still had perfect pitch, and you had that. Some of you came out with perfect balance and perfect hand-eye coordination, right? You came out, and it was like a dismount, and you stuck the landing, just like Gabby in the, in the Olympics, right? Right from the womb. And others of you, like, you are just... You're an artist. You come in here and you see canvas everywhere and you just want to create because what you do is you make things beautiful just like your creator and God gave you those gifts to do that. Others of you have, have different talents. You can sell anybody anything. It doesn't matter what you're selling. You just go right into it. You were Tom Sawyer when you were a kid and you sold all the other kids all your chores and you know, you just, some of you have been like that, right? And those are, those are talents, Right? Those are things that God gives you. Some of those things you shape, right? Um, my kids have talents, right? And some of you who have kids or nephews or nieces, what do you do for your kids with their talents? You fan them into flame, don't you? You stoke them. You, you kind of say, hey, I really think you're good at this. I mean, can you imagine... Can you imagine how weird it would be to be a parent who tried to force your kid to do something they weren't gifted at, right? And I'm not talking about math because like everybody has to pass fifth grade math, right? Um, but really, 
as a parent, you have this cool opportunity to discover who your kid is and try to fan some of those things into flame. My oldest, Squire, he's one of those kids who stuck the landing right out of the womb, man. He, he just has hand-eye coordination with everything. And so, so it doesn't matter what he does, we just like to keep him athletic and find out what sport he likes and, and just help him keep doing that. He just thrives in that kind of situation. Wyatt, all our boys are really active because we have four boys, and so all the boys are really athletic, and it helps to kind of have an oldest one that's that way because then you're always trying to keep up and all that. But Wyatt is a really creative dude, and he, he loves dramas. Like, we watched this comedy act on uh, DVD, and um, like every, all of us are dying laughing, rolling, and Wyatt's taking notes, right? <laughs> um, like, he's chuckling, but he's taking notes. Like, he's like, that's how I can get the crowd to look at me. You know what I mean? Like he understands, he understands that he has this gift of entertaining people and he loves to sing. And so he goes early to school and all the choir things and he's always involved with dramas and he's always quoting movie lines. And so, so we, you know, we try to help that thrive, right? And then our, um, our third son, Crusoe, he's really mechanical. So anything that can be taken apart, he wants to take it apart or know how to take it apart. And we got, we got test tubes and beakers and things are bubbling over and we're trying to learn how stuff works and we just try to encourage that stuff. He does all the science things and all the construction things and we just, we try to help it. And our youngest, his name's Parker, um, he's the youngest of four boys. And so that kid can fight like nobody's business, <laughs> right? You should see this kid wield a stick, man. I'm telling you. Between his brothers and Lego Star Wars and then like he did this internship with Kung Fu Panda. And I'm telling you, this kid can fight. And so we bought him a real samurai sword. No, I'm teasing. We didn't buy him a real samurai sword. We want him nowhere near knives, right? Like because all of us would be bleeding. And uh, that kid could fight. And so, you know, it's fun to watch him, you know, have his skills. But really, the thing is, is we all have talents and God uses those in our lives. We use them for our workplace, right? There's nothing better than having a talent and being able to use that to provide income for your family, right? We use them for our kids and for entertainment and all that kind of stuff. But, but again, what does God's word always say that he is? He is always love, right? He's love with truth. He's love with judgment. He's love with grace. He's love with mercy. He's love through his son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sin. He took God's wrath for me and God was love in that. And so he's love in everything. So all of our talents, all of our talents need to get expressed through love, right? Whenever we use a talent or a gift not in love, actually the scripture says you can have all the gifts in the world. You can be the most gifted dude there is. You can be the most gifted leader, woman there ever was. And if you don't have love, it's nothing. And so when we come to talk about gifts, there are talents, right, that God gives us that we get to use. But then there are these things called spiritual gifts, okay? Last week we were in the crash course and um, we were talking a little bit about this and some people who got saved about the same time that Jason and Rachel did, we were talking a little bit about spiritual gifts. And uh, to be honest, if you didn't like grow up in church, there's no reason you would ever think to really know about spiritual gifts. So a couple people went home from, Wiki or went home from crash and Wikipedia had spiritual gifts. Because they just wanted to understand, like, because that's where you go for any information, right? And so they, they wanted to discover what is it to have a spiritual gift. Some of you might be here this morning and you might say, I've never even heard of a spiritual gift before. So here's what a talent and a gift that you have is something that you, that you come, you, you have it as a gift, but then you, oh, sorry, I thought that was loose. You have it as a gift, but then you, um, but then you fan it into flame. You train in it, you practice it, right? But 
but a spiritual gift, uh, talent is something you get at birth, but a, a spiritual gift is something you get at your spiritual birth. When the Holy Spirit comes into us, he gives us a or multiple spiritual gifts. And the Bible has multiple places where we list these. If you haven't gone through our base camp yet, Base camp talks about this. I think it's in the chapter called The Team. But there's three passages. And so, you know, first of all, the easiest way to do it would be to just grab a base camp book on the way out. But if not, here's the three passages you need to jump on. Okay, it's Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. There's a few other places like 1 Peter 4 where it talks about gifts. But, but really, these are the chapters you need to dive into. And I, they all have lists. So again, I see somebody writing. It's 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4. And they all have lists and they have a teaching about how God gives us gifts and how they get to be used for the building up of the body, Ephesians says, or for the common good, as it says in 1 Corinthians. And um, these lists are, I don't really think they are like full or capped off, right? Like each of them is a little bit different and some people say, well, you mesh them together and you synchronize them and then that's the full list. I don't know that that's the case, but this is a pretty good glimpse of the spiritual gifts that God gives. You could probably even shrink it down to kind of categorize them. But let me read these to you um, from those three passages. I obviously don't have the gift of administration. I would have that right on top. Oh, I actually don't have that sheet anymore. I lost that after the first service. No, I've got it. Fantastic. Okay. Um, so Romans 12, exhortation, giving, the gift of leadership, mercy, prophecy, service, teaching. Okay. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says the gift of administration, apostle, discernment, faith, healing, helps, knowledge, miracles, the gift of prophecy, teaching, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, and gift of wisdom. Um, Ephesians 4 lists out apostle, evangelism, pastor, prophecy, and teaching. And, um, and so today, instead of diving into all these, because we could have tons of different conversations, um, there's some Christians who want to keep some of those gifts out and say, those are stopped for today. And, but we as a church, we believe that God gives these gifts and he doesn't give the same gift to everybody. And not everybody has, just like with Jim here, like how weird would it be to have a whole a whole band of just bass players, right? That would be weird and unproductive. There's some churches that really capitalize on everybody having the same gift. That's never the picture that God paints, right? That all the gifts are to be used in balance with scripture and how, how scripture says to use them together. And so that's what we believe here as a church. These gifts, um, th there's a really good way for you to, uh, to, to study these a little bit more. Up on the screen, you'll have two different just examples of real easy to use um, spiritual gift tests. Some of you might not have ever even heard of these before. You say, I'm a Christian, but I didn't even know I had a spiritual gift. Um, there's two places to take easy, free spiritual gift tests. One of them is like 30 questions long. The other one is like 90 questions long. If you did them both together, they'd probably take you, I don't know, 20 minutes at the most, okay, to take them. And they'll just send you, they'll email you right away just a snapshot of how you're wired with possible spiritual gifts. Okay, if you've never done it before, it's a great exercise to do, okay? One of them is from Anthony's home church, uh, San Diego Rock Church, and that's a really good one. That's the 28 question one, and then spiritual gifts test is the other one. And they both send, um, they both will send you as well summaries of the different gifts, okay? So like, if you're a leader administrator, okay? If you're, if you're that person, like you walk in and, and you just automatically think how, 
things could be organized. You see things and you look and you say, wow, man, I could, I could come up with some administrative solutions for that, right? If you have the gift of service and you walk out the door out here, somebody spills over a cup of coffee, instantly you think, oh, I can help. Where's a broom? Or, like if you don't have the gift of service, you're like exit door right, you know, and you're gone that way. And, um, you know, but, but here's the thing is you're going to have different gifts and, and we're going to talk a little bit about, about how to find those, but, but this is a really good way to jump into it. So a spiritual gift is specifically something that God gives to you. Now, uh, for me, I had my faith handed down to me by my parents. My parents came to Christ when I was five-ish. And so from the time I was that age, I kind of grew up in this, in this gospel of Jesus, right? My parents had discovered it and they handed it to me. And I became a Christian when I was nine years old. So I can't really remember a time before I had spiritual gifts, right? Because I don't really remember much what it was like to be before that. You're just kind of discovering yourself at that point. Some of you have come to Christ as adults. Like you didn't have, you didn't have that handed to you. So you came to believe in Christ in the last couple years and all of a sudden you realize, wow, I, I'm actually pretty good at this. And you can sense what it's like to have God living in you because he changes our convictions and, and he helps us understand the word differently. And it's like God's almost speaking directly to me now and just all of these things. And then on top of it, I have these gifts. And so God is gonna use your talents and your spiritual gifts to weave together for you, for you to be a person who is, is serving, who's out there, whether that's out here in the church or out there in the world or in your job. The goal, though, is that we would use them for the common good. So we want to, as we, as we kind of wind towards the end, what we want to do, though, is we want to talk about fanning it into flame. How do I discover my spiritual gifts and how do I fan them into flame? And so three things or three ideas. First of all, I just want you to think about, like, the things that you like, like affinity, the stuff that you are, the stuff that just you love doing. Like some of you know, I love having people over, right? Like I don't get to do it enough. Maybe my budget isn't enough or um, I, I love having people over and I love entertaining people. And the gift of hospitality, understand clearly, the gift of hospitality is actually not just having your buddies over. The gift of hospitality is actually inviting strangers over for the purpose of God's kingdom. Right? And so hospitality is pretty close to somebody who says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up early and I'm going to come to K2 and I want, the, I want the place to be decked out so that if somebody comes in, man, they feel like this is home. Right? So most of us think about the gift of hospitality like when we have our buddies over. And that's hospitable. Don't get me wrong. That's a hospitable thing. But, but maybe the next step for you is like, okay, God, how do you want to take my gifts and my preferences to the next level? Right? How do you want me to be hospitable beyond even just having my friends over? Okay? Some of you have done that with a Life Together group. Right? How many of you are in Life Together groups here? Okay? And how many of you know that the person who says, okay, my house is on the line. Okay? We can do it at my place. That there's a step of faith there, right? Because it takes a couple hours to get the house cleaned up, right? Uh, at least you're, you're, the people in your Life Together group hope that you spend a couple hours cleaning the house up. And... Uh, you know, the gift of hospitality is, it's one of these things. Socially, we have this weird thing. Like we, uh, we think if somebody has a big house, they should have the gift of hospitality. How many of you guys know that there are people with big houses that don't have the gift of hospitality? Yep. 
And some of you are thinking, man, my house is big and there's never anybody in it, right? And maybe that's a different conversation. Maybe that's a resource that you can use. But somebody with the gift of hospitality, it doesn't matter if there's in a big house or if there's a, they're in a little apartment. You know, they're like, hey, come on over. I want to have you. And it feels like home. And it doesn't matter that there's 40 people in a studio. It's still pretty fun, right? And it's a fun place to be because there's a person there with the gift of hospitality. Um, other spiritual gifts like uh, gift of leadership. Some of you, like in your job, you walk into your job and you just come on as a team member and the next thing you know, you're a team leader, right? And you, don't, you didn't even like try to. You just came in and the next thing you know, you're leading. And you might have the gift of leadership. If, if you continue to enjoy a gift in a direction, you probably have a spiritual gift in that way. So that's the first thing. The second thing is passionate. How many of you know that you can do a task and it can fill you up. Like you can work hard at something and you actually have more energy because of it. Have you ever done that? Some people go into our Adventure Canyon and like let's say they are um, a server, okay? Like, like they, let's say they have the gift of serving. They go in and they're helping clean up after kids and you know patting them on the head and, and they, they're just loving on kids and they're serving and they worked hard for three hours in a row and they go away and they're juice, man. They're excited, right? You put... The same, a different person with a different set of gifts doing that. They go in and they work hard and they have to take a day off work on Monday because they're just, they're leveled, right? It was everything they could do to do that, right? You follow, follow the stuff that, that gives you energy toward possibly discovering your gifts, okay? And then um, the third thing is opportunity. We're going to dig into this in just a little bit. Um, opportunity. Like if you see a need in the body, like jump in and try it out, especially if you don't know what your gifts are, you're going to find all kinds of ways that aren't your gifts, right? You're going to serve in an area. You like, you might think, you know what? I'm really not that big of a people person, but I really want to connect to more people. And so join a connections team. Now you might find after six months, you know what? I am really not into helping people connect. You know, I like, this is killing me. But I made a good friend in the process and now we're serving on a different team where we see another area of opportunity. Jump in and serve and you will find ways that you serve and you'll find ways that you don't serve. Um, it's pretty funny. When I was uh, a kid, I, I was in a church that was a few hundred people and we didn't have Adventure Canyon. We had this thing called Sunday School and you'd break up the kids and go to different groups and stuff like that and you'd have fun and play games and crafts and the same kind of things we do in Adventure Canyon, just we rock it better here. And so, um, so we, uh, we would do that and the teachers would teach for the whole school year and then they would take the school year off, or the, not the school year off, the summer off, right? Does that make sense? They would teach at the same time that school was in, and they'd take the summer off. But we didn't close Sunday school. We would just have the scrubs come in, right? And so, you know, so I got to come in and help teach, and I got to teach fourth grade boys, right? And I don't know what their expectation was of me uh, in fourth grade boys, but they, they came out after that first summer, and they're like, these kids actually learned something, and they had fun, they're like, you should do this again next year. So I taught that same group of guys the next year when they were in fifth grade, right? And then again when they were in sixth grade. And I just, I loved teaching. Now, is it automatic that, you know, it's real easy to study and prepare? No, you still have to put effort forward, right? You still have to fan into flame things that you're even gifted at, right? And so I found that others helped me discover even some of my gifts. I just started serving because I served in lots of ways. I served out in the parking lot and setting up cones and I served and set up chairs and, and I really like to serve as well. But I found out that while serving, I was good at something. And, and we're going to find out that, that other people encourage that as well. 
Okay, so get into areas where you are, um, things that you think you like, things that fill you up and that you're passionate about, and then areas of opportunity. There's a couple of ways that you can go off the road with spiritual gifts. You can, um, you can kind of have the cop-out deal where you say, well, you know what? I'm in the band, so I don't do chairs, you know? Uh, I don't set chairs up because I'm in the band, right? I got this gift up here. Or, you know, I'm at Adventure Canyon, so like I don't do outreach, right? Those days out in the city, those are great for somebody else, but that's somebody with the gift of evangelism. That's not like me. Um, in uh, like 1996, I was a youth pastor in Oregon while I was going to grad school, and this guy came to our Easter services, and he had never been to our church before, and he heard about the gospel for the first time that day. He was 58 years old, and he was a, uh, an iron worker and a journeyman and real foul-mouthed, and he always had tons of apprentices, and he, he was like the hardest journeyman there was, and he made them memorize his exact rhyme. He had this rhyme, this poem that he made them re uh, memorize about how Jim was always right, right? That was, that was what they had to memorize, and um, Really, it was out of fear because he was this broken dude who had an alcohol problem who never graduated from high school and never learned to read, right? And so he had this huge ego that he put forward. And he came and he got saved. He's 58 years old. And God gifted him like immediately with something like he was this outgoing, gregarious journeyman, right? With a big ego. And God turned that into this huge humble evangelist, almost immediately. The guy quit his job early, retired early, and went and became a missionary. He went and trained for a year and became a missionary all over the Northwest, sharing the gospel because he came to learn that God loved him. And it wasn't about how big his ego was. It was about how big God was and how small, how small he was, how much he needed forgiveness. And he, he had this life talent on top of this gift that God gave him, and it just totally transformed his life. God gives us gifts and they're meant for the body. And what we do is we, we discover where we're passionate and then we, we invest in those things. We train in those things. We fan those things into flame and, and uh, we continue to serve. Um, today, I want to follow up with this, this last part of 2 Timothy because who's the first person... Um, well, let's read this out of 1 Timothy here. He says, For this reason, verse 6, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So he tells Timothy to fan it into flame, much like I've said, we need to fan it into flame. We need to step into opportunities to serve. We need to discover what we're good at. We need to take tests. We need to, if I discover I'm good at teaching, I need to learn how to teach better and better. I need to constantly refine how I teach better and better. If, if my gift is serving, I need to look for more and more opportunities to serve. But he tells Timothy, fan your gift into flame. And then he says this. He says, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And this might be the punchline. If you've, if you've been in church for a while, this might be the punchline for you today. Who's the first person who fanned Timothy's flame into gift? Or excuse me fanned Timothy's gift into flame. Who's the first person, at least in this, that stoked his fire of his gifts? It was Paul. He said, listen, he said, at one point, here, here's the way this happened. Now, don't, don't get confused, because some people think, well, Paul, the apostle, gave him this gift, right? This is a weird gift that he has only from, from, from Paul. And no, what Paul is saying is, just like happens here many times, the leaders, the elders said, Timothy, we think this is the gift God's given you and we want to 
We want to anoint you and we want to send you out for this purpose. And they laid their hands on him and they prayed for him and they dedicated him to ministry, right? As a teacher and a prophet and whatever his exact gifts were as a pastor over that church, okay? And what the people there did is they fanned into flame someone else's gift, Timothy's gift. So again, wouldn't it be strange if as Christians you were um, to have people around you with gifts and we never fanned each other's gifts into flame. Like you see somebody working around you and you never fan their gifts into flame. You're like, wow, that person's amazing. Well, they probably know it. You know, that, that person's fantastic at that. And well, I'm sure they, that's why they're doing it, right? I'm having troubles today. That person is great with kids. I'm sure they know it. That person is such a servant. That person has compassion and mercy like nobody I've ever seen. I'm sure they know it. And what Paul did with Timothy is he fanned those gifts into flame for Timothy. He said, you're good at this and I, I want to commission you to fan it into flame yourself and I want to commission you to ministry. Keep working, keep pouring in, keep going. So what I did as a teacher is I continued. And um, as I went to college, I decided to uh, go to uh, missions. I, I actually spent a year in Brazil or a half a year in Brazil working and then I went right to Bible college. I was in Brazil and I was on the Amazon and I was preaching and the person who was overseeing me said, we really feel like you have the gift of teaching and preaching. We feel like you should pursue that. And, and I've continued to pursue that. And so here's the thing is that there's fanning, but then there's people around you. And you know what? We are the people around each other. We need to fan each other's gifts into flame. Can you imagine being a parent of kids and not fanning your kids' spiritual gifts into flame? This week, I gotta be honest with you, I've, I've never had my kids, I've never really sat down and thought about exactly what my kids' spiritual gifts are. And so my oldest is 13. So this week when I did some of these tests just to go through them and to see if I wanted to recommend them, I had Squire go through them. And so this week we've been talking about his spiritual gifts and where they show up in life. Can you imagine being a parent and not doing that? Because I was one until this week. So like parents, like we ought, to, we ought to fan our kids' spiritual gifts into flame. Not just their talents, not just their likes. To fan their gifts into flame. And then here at church, people around us, let's fan each other's gifts into flame. One of the ways you can do that is, is by just stepping out and serving. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, and we're going we're gonna to hear about how God did that in somebody else's life. Um, but we're going to worship now. And so as we worship, I really encourage you to think about this issue. God, what am I fanning into flame? Am I just fanning into flame my hobbies? Because it's pretty easy to fan into flame the things that we just like to do. Am I just fanning into flame stuff that will just take better care of my family financially? Or, or have you called me to fan into flame the gifts and talents that you've given me, the spiritual gifts for, for the work of your kingdom, God? So let's worship. We're going to continue. The, uh, the, the band is going to come on up and uh, we're going to worship. Um, the Connections team is going to come on down. They're actually going to take offering as, as we worship. Um, but I just, I want to encourage you to say, God, what am I supposed to be stoking? What am I supposed to be fanning into flame? And we'd love to serve you uh, in giving you more and more opportunities to do that here as a church. I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you that you are a giver. Thank you that you give gifts and that 
we've received so much from you. And so it's easy for us to give back to you, easy for us to give to you finances and just to say, God, you, you own it all anyways. And so we trust you with our finances and we want to worship you and direct our hearts towards you and the purposes of your kingdom. So God, we do that now with our, our finances, um, whether we give online or, or here or whatever, God, we do that with our finances. And yet, God, we do that with our voices as we worship. And God, in the same way, we want to use our spiritual gifts to worship you as well. God, that we would fan into flame our gifts and use them here and in our city and in our cul-de-sacs and in our cubicles. God, that you would use our gifts for the building of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.